Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Man, Isaac, what a what a day with Paul Reed. Um, not only did we get to you know record that episode with him for the podcast, but we spent the day jumping roof to roof and and just seeing what a day in the life of Paul Reed is all about. Uh, and then we recorded that awesome content here um, with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Reed, Northwest Roofing, out of Denver and Phoenix, and I think just the fact that we even spent a day with him on roofs shows how much he values investing in relationships across the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, one thing that was a huge takeaway from this episode for me is how Paul refers to it as partnerships, whether it be with a vendor or with a client, he, he refers to those as partners in, in this. And so it's, it's no surprise that he's been able to scale a commercial roofing company to the magnitude that he has. And, you know, is today seen as kind of the, you know, elite of elite uh, commercial roofing contractors. And so I think they're going to love this episode. Tons of great little nuggets to take away. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump in. What's up, guys? We are new situation contractors playbook but we took the studio to arizona for this episode joined by my good friend paul reed northwest roofing uh we've had a busy day out looking at roofs and doing you know a bunch of stuff for commercial roofing academy we're ready to do an awesome podcast we're gonna go grab some dinner paul thanks for for taking some time and joining me appreciate you coming out here man really looking forward to it awesome day a lot of great content we got for company cam and Commercial Roofing Academy, so looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be great. So let's knock knock some content out here because you are a wealth of knowledge. I learned a ton today, but I want to you know go a little different direction with the podcast. You know, we like to talk to contractors, hear their story. So why don't obviously in the roofing space, people know who Paul Reed is. If he has to be under a rock to not know Paul, but we've got a lot of contractors that are going to be downloading this. For those contractors, just tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, how you got into contracting, how long you've been in contracting, and then we'll just dive into the into the content from there. Right on. So I, I grew up in a small town, southern Colorado, about 700 people. I like to brag to my kids and everybody I know that I graduated ninth in my class because that really makes me sound smart, but there was only 11 people in my class, so... I don't know, um, but it's a very small town, grew up on a farm and ranch. Um, so it was really, that's what I was gonna do, was be a farmer and rancher like my dad, like his dad, like dad before that, or a truck driver like you know, my other grandpa was. So one of those three things, that was really kind of where I had planned to to go. And, you know, funny enough, I had a cousin that left their, um, the hometown and he moved away and he became a roofer and he came back to the valley where we were living he got in trouble um, from drugs and actually got arrested for taking a check from a cop of all people and spending it on drugs so my dad at the time i was working for him he asked me to go out and help my cousin and you know get this roof put on for this guy i'd never roofed before and so that was my first taste of roofing was i, I got in it because my cousin got arrested for cocaine. That's, you know, ironically enough. So 
went through that and, you know, started roofing and, and doing things and eventually kind of started my own company. And we weren't doing any insurance work. We were just, I was the guy that would go out and find a job and, you know, a repair and fix it and get some re-roofs and actually put the roof on myself. So the first uh, part of my career, I was the guy putting the roofs on. And so I have, you know, a lot of knowledge in an in actual installation on there. And I think that's really kind of what has helped me through my career. Mm-hmm was just from that background of actually starting out. Yeah. So starting out, you were doing commercial, was it, or residential, was it solely residential then at first? Yeah, it was uh, mainly residential, like re-roofs and a lot of new construction. You know, that's really kind of where I got my start was how to get a new construction job by myself. And it would be like a 30 or 40 square job. And I would, you know, get the shingles delivered and carry up a few bundles, install them, carry up a few more bundles, install them, you know, just by myself. So started in residential, sold a couple little commercial deals. You know, I think the the biggest one back then was 200 square, which to me back then was massive. Right. Yeah. And we were on, we were on some 400 square bad boys today. And um, so at what point in that, did you decide like, okay, I'm in residential. This is great. You, I mean, you, Got up to doing what several hundred thousand roofs. Couple, yeah, a couple thousand up to I think the most I ever did was three thousand in a year. Okay. So I, I moved to Denver thirteen, almost fourteen years ago um, because of got in a little bit of trouble with some drugs and went to a rehab and uh, got sober. So almost fourteen years ago I got sober and when I I left where I I grew up because it was kind of I needed to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So we started and. Got here in Denver and, and got aligned with a company out of rehab and, and doing residential roofing, you know, storm restoration, which before I hadn't did any storm restoration. It was always, you know, just retail, all retail. retail. And so at that time, we started doing a lot of roofs and um, I became a partner and mm-hmm. built it up to where we were doing, you know, between two to 3,000 residential roofs a year. That was up until about six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, congratulations on getting sober. And that's, that's awesome. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about that later on in the podcast here. Um, so doing a ton of residential, how, uh, how impactful was it for you that you were doing retail first? Did that help you get that leg up? Because I mean, I talked to a ton of storm contractors and if the hail hits, it's, fairly easy uh, you need a new roof right. mr and mrs homeowner um here's some photo documentation and it's an insurance job did that give you a leg up do you think having that retail background yeah i believe it did i believe it did because most people most storm guys they have a model and they even train it that to not offer an estimate you know they come out and they knock on a door and a homeowner says you know, hey, give me an estimate. And almost every roofing company, the, the restoration guys all go, I'm not going to give you an estimate because the insurance company writes the estimate. Like that's how most people are trained. And we always looked at it like, well, maybe we should give an estimate. You know, let's try to earn their business. And, you know, I don't care what the insurance paid. That, that'd be great if they just gave us the paperwork. But we had the mindset of like, we were willing to go ahead and write a bid. I was used to doing that. So right. we would just write a bid and we would get these jobs and margins were great and move on yeah so for you like obviously you did well retail did well storm scaled up i mean several thousand roofs a year a pretty big operation yep at what point did it flip for you that you said hey let's go and maybe push into this commercial path you know i've been 
looking at this industry for a long time and I'm always, I've been blessed to be able to kind of look to the future a little bit instead of just kind of living, you know, for today and, and thinking, you know, ah, this is great. You know, there was a hell storm in, in July and, and we've made it, we're rich. I was always, I've always been planning like, well, this is really good and let's maximize it, but what's it gonna look like in November? What's it gonna look like in March? And I really hit my breaking point in, um, it'd be six years ago on January 1st on New Year's morning. And you know, a lot of guys have heard me say this, but I woke up and I was really just kind of depressed, almost felt hungover. Even though I don't drink, I just felt awful. And it, it came down to was I didn't think I really had the fire to go out and redevelop a whole new company again. You know, we had did, say the the previous year, I don't know, call it 20 million or whatever. Right. We went to bed on, you know, December 31st and we went to bed and we're celebrating going, hey, we, we made it, we we did however many million, 20 million. But when I woke up, we were at zero. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I cannot rebuild the company year in and year out. Like I'm, I'm getting old, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm getting just tired. And so at that point I said, I'm never gonna do this again we're gonna go and we're going to get into the commercial because I knew we had, we had dabbled a little bit in the commercial, but at that point I knew the cycle was gonna be three, six, nine months to do commercial. So what my plan was, was to set that up to where we had this income every year. And so now when we wake up January 1st, we're going, well, now we have you know 40 million, 60 million on the books of jobs that we've been working on the last two years. So we stopped going for that quick bang of the residential and into that long-term plan of the commercial world. Yeah, so we're on the contractor's playbook. I always love to you know bring sports analogies into this. And I, I would love to get a Chiefs analogy in here mm. being that you're a big Broncos fan. I don't have one yet. I'm, st- I'm probably going to get one before the, the podcast is over. But to me, that sounds like, you know, building a college program and the retail is maybe going and grabbing some JUCO guys and right. some transfers. And, you know, we're going to win this year. We're going to be good this year. But we're going to graduate all those guys. And then we're going to have to start this whole thing over again as opposed to the model of, you know, let's go get a bunch of, you know, really solid freshmen and let's build that. And then let's just continue to get freshmen and continue to build them so that we just, oh yeah, we're going to graduate seniors and we got juniors or sophomores ready to just step in and go. That seems to be kind of the model you're going with from the commercial standpoint is, you know, building this, this pipeline. Yep. For you, how important is it to build positive relationships and, and building that pipeline, like how big of a deal oh, is man. that? It's it's everything. It's everything. So, you know, on a on a yearly basis, like in the, for myself, I will sell you know eight to twelve million dollars a year myself every year, and I tell people all the time I haven't sold a roof for for years, and they go, well, what do you mean you did eight or twelve million yourself last year? And I go. I, they were all relationships. Right. So the relationships, I call it relationships and my partnerships that I have with my with my clients, I search them out and we establish our relationship with them. I'm not selling them anything. I don't feel like, I think it's, you know, people do it, but it's a lot harder to sell a million dollar job or a $2 million job than it is for me to build a relationship with someone over six months, nine months, a year, mm-hmm. even five years. And eventually they just give you these jobs that's where the relationships take me 
Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in relationships, and I, I've always been big on relationships and building relationships. It wasn't until I got into this space that I truly like saw that, saw how important relationships are. You know, I think of the Northwest mantra of repair, maintain, replace. Yep. And obviously in the mantra, the maintain is like maintaining the the roofing system. But if you think about it, that maintain is you're maintaining a relationship yes. with that client. You know, that's, yep. yeah, the roof is there and we're maintaining that. But at the end of the day, it's, hey, I'm maintaining this relationship with this client. And in doing that, I guarantee you get referrals all the time. People are like, oh, hey, so-and-so said you take care of their roofing program or maintenance schedule like can you come look at ours um how fruitful has that been for you guys the referral because i mean it doesn't matter the industry contractors are big on referrals Mm -hmm. and it seems like they want them and they love them but it's hard to get them um how important are relationships and getting referrals it's it's really it's everything most people don't realize, you know, they'll try to jump into the commercial space and they they miss a few things. The people that you're dealing with that own these buildings, you know, the owners of, the, of this little one-off building or, you know, multifamily apartment complex or, you know, the REITs of the world, the real estate investment mm-hmm. trust people, this is a business for them, right? This is a business and they're looking for an ROI on their property. They don't just have this property just to kind of sit there and lose money. Mm-hmm. They're looking to main money, make money. So what we've been really good at is going in and developing a partnership, figuring out what this client needs, and really servicing that deal. And that's where the repair, maintain, replace model came. Because most guys approach a commercial owner, and they're trying to sell them a roof. Yep. This guy's not trying to, be, to get sold a roof. But what he needs to do is he needs to look at his investment and he needs to have a partner like us to be able to sit down, look at his portfolio and extend the life of this roof for however many years. Eventually he's going to replace it. And I'm going to be that guy that's going to replace it for him. But, you know, the the funny thing is these commercial asset owners, you know who they hang out with? Other commercial asset owners. 100%. Right? So when they're at the golf course or wherever they're at, guess what they're talking about? They're talking about their investments, they're talking about their properties, and they're talking about this guy that they know that's came in and partnered with them and extended their roof life or came in and, and you know do, did a good job and replaced their roof or helped them through the insurance process. But that's where my referrals all come from, and it's huge. Yeah, They hang together. So well, I service one of them, that means, and he's got five friends. And generally, they don't own one property. Most people that own properties own multiple properties. Good thoughts there, Paul, on how important relationships are, not just for you know being a kind person, but how much they can pay off in the business world. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam works with the existing software and processes you have in place. Just check out companycam.com to see if it integrates with the software you are using and sign up today. And we're back with more down in Arizona from Paul Reed. Here is Michael Gogan. No, I love that point that you brought up because I, I'm a big believer in that. And when I dabbled in the entrepreneur life, my, my silent partner in that venture has a ton of businesses. He owns property. And I used to make fun of him because anytime I would say I needed something, his answer was always, I've got a guy for that. 
and it was always a local guy that he had a relationship with and i was just like you know i finally get to the point where i'm like i'm let me guess you got a guy for that he's like yeah yeah i do like this or that or you know call john and the more than i started to analyze it i was like he's got a guy because he he strives to build relationships. He's not out trying to sell and say, you know, cause he owns all sorts of things, right. shredding company, medical waste disposal, limo company, you name it. He's got his hands in all sorts of things, but he's never like, Hey Paul, let's make a relationship so that I can sell you my service. He just builds genuine relationships. Right. And then what happens is like you said, they're at the golf course or they're here, or they're there. And one thing leads to another, um, and so, no, I love that that mentality, and you guys are great at it. I mean, you took me to a, a Broncos game, and you had property owners in the suite with you, and I'm like, man, what brilliant marketing that is. Right. And it's just so genuine, too, that it's like, hey, come hang out with us. Um, do you think the way you refer to it as, hey, we partner with them, is that something that's uncommon in the contracting world? Because I... I don't it's, think I hear that very often. It's super uncommon. It's super uncommon. I push my contractors to say, hey, refer to your them as clients. You know, they always call them customers. And I'm like, customers, that's just transactional. And they're going to, you know, I'm a customer at Chick-fil-A, but I could also be a customer at Raising Cane's. Like, they're not, I'm not a client with them. Whereas, you know, if you refer to them as clients or in your case, partners, you know, how important is it like how impactful is just having that mentality for you as like hey i'm their partner in this i'm going to make sure that they get the best experience and we take care of their property i look at it like again these guys they're looking at everything as in an roi it's a business for them and they don't want to be sold i i don't want to be sold i hate when someone tries to sell me something but i we come in and we approach it from them that hey i have skin in the game as well. This is your property and we're gonna come in and we're gonna service it and I have skin in the game and I'm gonna invest time, I'm gonna invest our knowledge and we're gonna come in and we're gonna offer the same solution. Because I, I looked at it like, how do we separate ourselves from everybody? I'm not the only one selling commercial roofs. There's tons of people trying to sell commercial roofs and mm-hmm. selling commercial roofs. Is it a lot easier to get in the door when you approach it as, hey, I'm not here to sell them anything. I'm here to help them solve any problems they may have today or down the road it is you know it's part of kind of really leveling up you know these guys are multi-millionaires you know own these buildings and it's kind of leveling up and it also kind of separates us from the other roofing contractors you have five thousand roofing contractors in denver you know how do we separate ourselves from these guys you know everyone else is running in and going hey let me sell you a roof and i come in and i say hey let me be your partner in your investment this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to take care of you, and this is where you're going to get an ROI on, on from what I'm going to do for you. And now you're their guy. And now I'm their you know, guy. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're out at the country club, and it's like, oh, I've got a guy for that. Right. Um, two things I want to hit on before we wrap this up. First off, I think the story of because I don't I don't see myself as a salesperson, um, but when you say you don't like to be sold, man to get you onto company cam, like I'm, I'm not here to pitch company cam, but not only did I have to show you that there was going to be an ROI to our product, but I mean, I had to beat the door down to get you to, you know, see that ROI. Um, how, you know, you're always trying, people are always trying to sell you different things as a contractor mm-hmm. and you're one of the prominent contractors in the roofing space. So I get, I'm sure you hear pitches all the time. How important is it though, from a contracting perspective, 
to make your business as efficient as possible? Oh man, it's, it's huge. <laughs> There's a hard way to do business. Right. And I did that for, for many years. I mean, somewhat, and you know, we have all these fancy computer programs, you know, CRMs and, and all these different deals are, um, I say CRMs, that's the roofing company. No, no I always C mix up CMR and CRM. Yeah. CRM. You were right. There we go. Yeah. I was right. I was right. Yeah. So we always have these CRMs that make life easier. And I always resist them because I didn't understand them. I was scared, you know, cause I didn't understand it. I mm -hmm. didn't know how to turn, turn on the computer. Um, and a lot of guys are always looking for kind of the easy way to do things. I look at things of like, you know, not necessarily the easy way, but one, is it going to improve our company? Is the investment that I'm going to make when I'm buying one of these deals, is it going to improve our company? Mm -hmm. And does it make us a little more efficient? And so like with company cam, I did, I resisted for a long time because I didn't understand it. Number one, yep. I was like, dude, I have an iPhone. I could take pictures. That's, I didn't understand it. But once I looked and you actually got me to stop and look at it and understand the value, because that's what we're looking for. I'm looking for the value that I'm going to get from, again, I look at it like I have a partnership with Company Cam. Yep. I, I, and maybe maybe I'm a strange person because my here, here's my vendors. I have Company Cam, I have Beacon, and I have GAF. And guess what? They are my partners. In my company, I look at it like partnerships. And I want to look at that when I do business with everybody. There's there's a few ways to do business. I could call and yell and scream and be upset with something, or I could call you as my partner and go, hey, we have an issue and how do we find a resolution? 100%. And so I try to take that into business and like with you know vendors, like with company cam, I have a partnership with you guys. You provide me this, this source. And so in the meantime, if you do that, I'm going to tell everyone in the world when, when they talk to me because, hey, I got a guy. When someone tells me they problem with their iPhone, I got a guy. Uh, and, and, and there's so much truth to that. I mean, right. you probably sent me five, five potential clients in the last couple of weeks, like yeah. text message thread. Um, and I, I think for me, it's not obviously I would love everybody to buy company cam. For me, the big thing, though, is, you know, you guys are doing a you run a very successful, large business and there is some hesitancy to change and to do those things. But I think as a contractor, it's so important to at least look at ways to make your business more efficient. What can I do to make my business more efficient? Because without that efficiency, I can't scale. I mean, I can scale to an extent, but it's just adding bodies. And if we're not getting more efficient at the end of the year, that number, well, man, we added 40 employees and we did a ton more in, in revenue, but that bottom line number is still the same yeah. profit as we had before. Um, so I think that's a really important thing. Before I let you go, Paul, two things I, I want to do. I always end with a question, so we'll end with that. But I would be doing a disservice if we didn't just talk briefly about roofers and recovery. Um, obviously, you said you're sober, what, 14 years now? Coming up on 14 years, yeah. Which, that is awesome. Um, and a couple of, like... You know, Eric O is a part of Roofers and Recovery, one of my best friends in the industry, yourself. Uh, just tell us a little bit about Roofers and Recovery. Um, obviously, we have non-roofers listening to this, but I think, you know, your story kind of hits home and Roofers and Recovery is such a great thing. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I got sober, you know, coming up on 14 years now. And I've always, you know, known that there's a problem like in the world, just worldwide, but 
especially in our industry of you know drugs and alcohol addiction. There's a lot of it that that goes on, and so um, a couple of years ago. I really have always wanted to do something, and I've always like sponsored different people or mentored other people, you know, through their addiction or alcoholism, through you know, through AA, and it was kind of like, how do we really give back? So a few of us, myself, and then I brought in Erico, and then we brought in Jonathan later. That we decided, let's start, you know, Roofers in Recovery, and so we made it into a five hundred one c three, and we, you know, obviously we do some fundraisers. Um, Myself, Eric, and then Jonathan, you know, kind of seeded the foundation and kicked it off. And I think we threw in between us probably forty to fifty thousand dollars between us to get get it started. And then we've done some fundraisers. And what we do with that is one, we kind of get the message out to other people, like, hey, there's there's hope. If you're yeah. struggling with it or you know someone in the industry that's struggling with it, there's hope. You could, you know, take a person like me that came from, you know, the bottom and been able to do what I do today, and that's because I'm sober. And so through this foundation, we put people in rehab uh, for 30 days. And then after that, more importantly, we take those guys and we mentor them and sponsor them and, and really just kind of start them on that walk in life. So um, it's it's been awesome. We've, we've got guys now that have over a year of sobriety that started with us. And it's really kind of our true passion. And it's it's funny, myself and like Gary Go will catch ourselves when we introduce ourselves instead of saying, you know, hey, I'm Paul with Northwest Roofing or Eric, hey, I'm Eric with DNM, we'll be like, hey, I'm Paul with Northwest and Roofers and Recovery. Yeah. You know, so it's it's been awesome and we've seen people, it's seen it change people's lives. We've seen it bring families back together, most importantly. And it's it's been cool to be part of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the I love it. Um if somebody's interested in learning more about roofers and recovery, wants to make a donation, where can they find out some more information? Uh, they can on get it? online on www.roofersandrecovery.com or they could call me at 719-588-4361 and um, talk to anybody about it and, you know, just kind of guide you through it. Or if you know somebody, if it's you, I mean, there's no shame in, it happens. It I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to be a meth addict, like it somehow happened. And no one intended to, and there's no shame, you know, if you're struggling with something. There, there really isn't. There's, there's a better way, and there's plenty of us that are willing to help. Yeah. Well, what you're doing is awesome. What Eric's doing, Jonathan, like, it's just awesome. And and you know, it's seeing what you do is is inspirational for me. But I think big picture, it's got to be so rewarding for you guys to know that, like, hey, not only did we we kick this thing. But now we're helping so many other people. Yep. So um, really awesome. And I don't want to completely end there because I got to gotta put you on the spot for my one question. Obviously, you've done a ton. You're extremely successful. You're well-known. Um, you're always giving back to the industry. So, I mean, just tons of great things. But if there was one thing that you, may, you say, man, if only I would have known about or done this a long time ago. Mm. No, we're on the contractor's playbook. Like, what was that one thing in your game plan that you wish you would have done differently a long time ago that you think would have set you up a little bit better? Man, I know exactly what it was. So for the first, call it seven or eight years of what I'm going to call my career, because when I finally got sober, I was kind of a lone wolf, and I didn't want to associate or talk to any other roofer or any other roofing company because I didn't think they had anything for me and I didn't want to tell them my secrets. Mm -hmm. And so I would say anybody starting out, the 
best thing that you could possibly do that I wish I had. I mean, I'd be so further ahead in life and in career if I would have did this was for me to be able to network with other people and to reach out to other people. Cause there's a lot of great people in the industry that are willing to help you and pick up the phone and talk to you. I didn't do that. I looked at everybody as my enemy and it wasn't until, you know, whatever it was seven years ago that I decided like, you know, maybe I can get out in the industry and talk to other guys and see what they're doing. And so I would say to anybody, if I had to do it all over again, from day one, I would pick up the phone and I would call someone, you know, like, like Eric Oberman or Eric Hunter or, you know, people like that, Grant Rocket, I would pick up the phone and, and just pick their brain because they're going to answer and they're going to spend some time with you. And that's what I would have done over. Yep. And man, I tell you what, I missed out. Scott yep. Ryapel, I would have, I would have called Scott, you know. Who's in your backyard. Who's in my backyard. We used to go to war. Like that was, instead of me and him talking to each other and like kind of working together, we would go to war and steal each other's signs and put bounties on each other's yard signs. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. I think that's such great advice that, I mean, it's a perfect way to end this because, I mean, even from the coaching world, I, I think back to when I was a high school basketball coach and yeah, the best stuff I ever got was stuff that I would, you know, learn from other coaches. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same in the contracting world. You can see them as pure enemies and I don't want to share anything. I don't want to learn anything. Um, but I think that, you know, it doesn't matter the contracting space you're in. There's a lot of roofs out there. There's a there's lot of plenty. There's a lot of garage floors that need coated. There's a yep. lot of houses that need painted or sided and windows. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, Finding those people that you know you can network with, I think, is so important. It's so, key. I would, if I did it over again. Paul Reed, thank that. you so much, Absolutely. man, for letting us come well, down. I really appreciate and hang you out with you in Arizona today. It's uh, always great a pleasure. Thoughts um, here on you know, relationships so much, and your wealth of knowledge and um, how far really those can get you in um, your business. So take a look at Rivers and Recovery yeah, as well. We'll hopefully talk about that sometime here on the show, more in depth. But for Michael Gogan and myself, thanks again for tuning in to the Contractors. Play really appreciate you and those of you listening to us as always we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time on the contractor's